Leo, it is one of my favorite human beings on this planet's birthday. Um, not today, but tomorrow. So I'm doing my tribute episode to my first born Emery Rose and just talking through what a light she is and the beauty that she brings into this world and how she changed my whole life and definitely is going to have that impact on this world. And so, uh, okay, let's go. This is the Death of a Dream podcast with your host, Hannah Ness. Uh, The Death of a Dream really is my expression from the start of a very sad and low and unaligned place in life where I was struggling with so many living beliefs, so many people telling me that I couldn't just go live my dream life. And it really walks every day through what it looks like to transition out of a life that's just fine and into a life that I wanted to live. And so this is just the daily journal of what that looked like for me. You can take whatever you need from here. Um, I talk through different things that I read, different things that helped me through, different moments and different blocks that I had to break down to get to this better place and alignment for me looks like being a serial entrepreneur and um, being able to write and speak and talk through what life looks like for me and how other people are pursuing their dreams. So the death of a dream really is just a journey out of that place and into a new and true place. Glad you're here. Hey, how you doing? Looking good. Seriously, you look amazing. Okay, let's go ahead and ground ourselves in our greatness. My great thing from today is just continuing to jog every day. I really have, I guess the only goal that I have around jogging is to wake up every day and do something that people told me was impossible and overcome that every day. And like when that's how I start my day, what an empowering way to do that. Now, any given moment (laughs) said me could give out, but I've realized that really my pain is just a story, a story that I tell myself a story that I use to disempower myself and a story that I am in complete control to rewrite. And so I think about that um, as I think about the birth of my two children. So I had sort of built up this belief um, when I had my first child that I was powerful and that I could do this. And then I started to question that. And the moment that I did, all of a sudden I start writing in pain that I'm incapable of handling, which I knew wasn't true. Um, But, you know, the second that you become disempowered, it's just easier to write the rest of that story according to plan instead of to stand up in the face of that adversity and go, nah, no thank you. (laughs) 
I don't really want to be in pain. I don't really want to sit here and never move my body again and to only bike or only swim. I'm not really interested in doing those things. I like to bike for leisure, but I don't like to bike for workout. And so I'm not really interested in continuing to write that story for my body. You're writing it for me, but I refuse to take on that narrative. I refuse it. And that's what I wish I had done with the birth of my children, taken control of that narrative. So with my firstborn, I really just fell subject to someone else writing my story and someone else assigning my pain, my pain tolerance, my pain threshold, and deciding what the care plan would be as a result of what they wrote into my story. And with the birth of my second child, that didn't happen at all. And so that's my great thing. Like finding a way to overcome and rewrite that story, even though it was well written for me. I can't tell you, probably after about the third knee surgery, um, you know, that was starting to be written. No, Hannah, you can't continue at this pace. No, Hannah, you can't train for things like that. No, Hannah, you can't run like that. No, Hannah, you can't move your body like that. No, Hannah, here's the limitation. No, Hannah, here's the barrier. No, you can't. If you keep doing this, you will fail. You will feel pain. You will wake up in pain every single day. You should fall subject to this pain. That is the story we are writing for you. Go ahead and take it on. And I refuse that. I don't want that story. And I'm not going to write that in. I'm going to overcome that. I am going to choose mobility. I am going to choose strength. I am going to choose my path on this knee. <laughs> it's the only one I got. I actually have two. I have two knees. Um, <laughs> but it's the only story that I have. I'm not interested in laying around. I'm not interested in power walking. I am not. I'm interested in the freeing movement of my body. I don't run for time. I don't run for pace. I don't run for anything. I run for the freedom of my mind and my body. I run for the freedom of just being able to throw on a freaking pair of shoes and go. If it's more complicated than that, I am not interested. I don't want a bag. I don't want gear. I don't want anything. I don't want to have to know how to do anything. I know how to move my body at a pace at which looks like a jog. And so I want to do that. Period. Every day. For however long I feel like. Clears my mind. Clears my soul. And sets me on a path where we've already accomplished the impossible every single day. Can you imagine if that's your baseline? Imagine. Okay, uh, that's my great thing. Go ahead and crown yourself in your own greatness. Speaking of births, today is not the birthday of my firstborn, but tomorrow is. And true to this podcast, every single birthday, we do a tribute to the people who are most important in my life, and those will always be my core four, three, I guess I include me. Okay, so my core four. <laughs> um, and so today, Emery, Emery, I can't really 
explain. So this year she turns eight, which just completely blows my mind when I look back and I think through like how short of a journey that seems like. Like it really doesn't seem that far long ago. You know, when I was starting to regain my faith and strength in adulthood, and I think the birth of Emery really highlighted the need to get this figured out. And then again, highlighted that I'm capable of manifesting anything that I want because I remember picking exactly what this little baby was going to look like. I remember saying that she was going to have a dimple, just like her dad, that she was going to have her dad's nose, that she was going to look and be exactly like Jordan, because for goodness sakes, we do not need any children that look and act and be like me. We need more Jordans in this world. We need more Emery's in this world. We need more people like that. Because here's the thing, Jordan, although at times he has gotten lost, um, which we all have. Okay, that's not specific to Jordan. That is specific to human nature. Jordan, at his baseline, is the most pure, beautiful, rule-abiding human that could ever be. If you stripped everything back, he would still be following the rules, even if there was no one to watch. Like, and I can't stress enough how painful that is for me to watch. And Emery is no different. And there's a reason. I didn't ask for a child that was like me. I asked for a child that was just like Jordan because the world needs more of it. And I see those same exact things in Emery. Emery can't even understand why you wouldn't just do the right thing. Why you would even have a bone in your body that didn't understand that there's a rule and when there's a written or spoken rule that we should, we would just follow it. <laughs> right. And so that's generally if Emery's asking me a question and this is, this is like the funnest thing about this age right now is that she's like having a deeper understanding of the world and how it works. And she's trying to figure out how to navigate that and how to understand that. And so she will present me almost at least, I would say, minimum five times a day. Mom, I have a question I want to ask you. And I'm always like, oh my gosh, what is it going to be? And most of the time it's like, can we get Twizzlers tomorrow when we go get groceries? Most of the time, those are the questions that sometimes they're super deep and meaningful. And it's so fun to watch her grow and see her brain just work and develop. I can't really imagine anything better in this life. But I think she just like is intrinsically a beautiful soul. And you know, the kind of person that you can't, like, you can't raise a kid like that. You can't, like, beat them into submission and have them just following the rules, like, at the root, at the core. She can't, she can't question a rule. She can't. Like, yesterday, (laughs) my 
four-year-old, which her episode's coming up in June because June is the best month of the entire year. You can try to change my mind, but you won't. It is the best month. There are probably a million reasons why it isn't, but to me, it absolutely is because all of the best things in my life happened in that month. And therefore, we shall celebrate all month long. But the other day, (laughs) my four-year-old, I had said, you can't take any toys to grandma's. Grandma has toys. You can't take any toys to grandma's. And so she was like, okay, I hear you, mom. (laughs) I'm not going to listen to you, uh, but I hear you. And so she knew that this is what she heard. Mom can't see me take any toys to grandma's, right? And you're going, oh, that's a four-year-old thing. But I assure you that it probably is a toddler thing, but this child, Emery, is not capable of doing something like that. And so (laughs) Baylor tucked a Barbie in the back of her pants, proceeded to walk backwards. Obviously, I knew that she had a Barbie. Come on, four-year-olds aren't great at this. And like, play it off. And then she wouldn't even let me buckle her in her car seat because she knew then that I would know that she had taken this Barbie because she'd have to get it out of her back in order to buckle her car seat. And so they left. And my mom reported to me that Emery was pissed. Like, wouldn't even talk to Baylor. Couldn't really even understand why. Mom had clearly communicated that we were not allowed to take toys to grandma's, but you brought one. And, like, she's really thinking that this is the most complicated thing. She can't even, at her core, understand or process why someone would break the rules if they were communicated. It's it's mind-boggling to her. Why would you do that? And you're like, yeah, kids do that, right? They push boundaries, but like Emery never did. As long as you told her what the rule was, she would follow it, period, to the line. Just tell her, just tell her how to win. And and Jordan is similar in this fashion. It's like, just tell me, just tell me and I can follow it. I can follow it. I can follow it to a T. I can't even like get off of following it to a T, almost to a fault. Like, tell me what to do. I can do it. I love rules. I live by rules. I, like, they can't even really process how to draw outside any lines. Like, there are lines. There are lines for a reason. We're supposed to color this way. We're supposed to act this way. And Emery, like, when she came into this world, I remember just asking and asking and asking for someone just like Jordan. And I also remember asking for the most beautiful baby that could ever exist, which like if I'm asking for it to look like Jordan, then obviously it's going to be a gorgeous little bundle. Duh. The most gorgeous human that's ever walked this planet is Jordan Ness. And so if you're asking for a child that is a replica of said person, then there's really no question. And so when she came out, I don't remember crying Because I think at that point, like, we had been in labor for almost 36 hours. And, like, come on. Already. And she came out. I didn't cry. She didn't cry. Which was super weird. Um, (laughs) But I think that's just, like, 
true to her nature. She didn't cry. She didn't make a fuss. Like, she really was just, like, in awe. And she's just looking around, and we have a video of this. And I remember being kind of worried, because I'm like, uh, I've watched a birth or two. Or, like, you know, in the movies, where there's this silence, and everybody's listening in the door, and then they hear the baby cry, and you're like, oh, the baby's here. That didn't happen. She never cried. And so, like... We're over there, Jordan's over there with the camera, like, and nurses are pulling at her and tugging at her, and they're kind of, like, poking her and trying to get her to react or cry, and she's, like, reacting, but she's kind of just laying there, like, what just happened? And she just keeps doing that, and she never, ever cried until she finally got her bath the next day, and finally... Then she cried, but I think that that's a testament to her being. Like, she, she doesn't, she's not an interrupter. She's not, like, going to make big waves unless it's necessary. Unless she feels like she has been wronged, like someone hasn't followed the rules, Right? And they should have, then she will stand, then she will speak, and trust me. If you had ever given Emery a bath, you would know this. I actually remember specifically taking this small baby over to my mother-in-law's. Because every time that the water touched her, she screamed, and it was so overwhelming, and I didn't know how to do it, and I was sure that I just wasn't doing baths right, because all the videos that I saw were like babies, like, yay, bath, yee, this is exciting. And Emery was personally offended anytime that the water touched her skin, right? And, and so much so that I used to sing to her through it. And I don't know if it was me singing because I was just hoping that it would calm her down or because maybe it would just drown out the blood-curdling screams that came from this child when she got a bath, but I would sing, I got a ticket for the long way ride, two bottle whiskey for the way, and I sure would like some sweet company, and I'm leaving tomorrow, what do you say, when I'm gone? Anyways, I would sing that to her in the bath, and she would calm down for a little bit. I'm not sure why, but I think... I think it was because music always spoke to her, still does. I mean, the dancing, the rhythm, I can't understand it because I've never had any of those things. Um, <laughs> or I've never, I've never acknowledged that I have any of those things. I probably do. I'm telling you, I'm a great car dancer. It's just confusing when I have to add arms and legs. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but that always calmed her, but I think true to who she is, she will stand when she is sure that she is right. And the only way that she knows is by following what she knows to be true. And when there is no truth, she struggles. But when she always goes back to that truth, she can't go wrong right? And she knows what that is. And actually her first grade teacher this year said, like, keep standing up. You're always right. 
you're always right on. Like, you know it in your soul. You know right from wrong. And at her age, what an amazing thing to just know. Because I don't have that. I know right from wrong, but I think it's optional. Like, I think you can opt in or out to either. In Emery and Jordan's mind, there isn't an opt-out. You just do the right thing. You just follow the rules. You just are a good person. And they don't see that as optional. Emery doesn't see that as optional. It is just in her internal being and light. And the other day she said to me, Mom, because I've been trying to test this theory because I heard that as children, you know what your purpose is. You know why you're here because you're close enough to the moment when you decided. And so if you ask kids why they pick this or you ask kids what their purpose is, they can confidently tell you. We just lose it and never ask because we think that kids probably don't know, but they actually do. And so Baylor didn't know or couldn't speak to it in that moment. But Emery, when I asked her, Emery, what's the purpose of your life? And she like snapped. And that's what they said would happen if they remembered. And Emery said, my purpose is to make people happy. And I was like, uh, okay. That was kind of a big question. So I guess I did, I expected there to be some hesitancy. And especially from her because she has a hard time when it's not given to her. Right? And I think we all struggle with that. <laughs> um, so I expected no answer at all. I expected her to like wallow in it, probably cry about it later because she didn't get the answer right. And that hurts her feelings to not do things right because she wants to follow the rules. And if I ask her a question, she has to give me an answer. Those are the rules. That's how questions work. And so that's how it's supposed to work. And so this time that didn't happen. She like flew off the cuff. I, I am here to make people happy. And I'm like... Whew. that's a big purpose. And I think that's a super complicated one too, because we can't make people happy, right? They have to choose happiness for themselves. But I think in Emery and looking at the gifts and the talent she brings, um, first off, she's already served that purpose because I can't, imagine anything that brings me more joy than that child, than both of the children that I have. Um, and so she's already done, right? She served that purpose. But when I look at the gifts that she has, the things that she brings into this world, she has so many talents. And so I think she'll just create. And as a result, her creations will lead to other people creating and finding their thing and finding their own happiness. And, you know, maybe she even gets to give them a moment of happiness when they experience whatever it is that she creates. And I have no doubt 
that she'll be able to live that out in so many different and beautiful ways. Because good child, that is life. Finding new ways to serve your purpose, finding ways to do it even more, finding ways to serve yourself and your purpose, right? And that's going to look different as she ages and it's going to change and grow and morph. But I think at the end of the day, if that is your purpose, what a beautiful way to navigate this world. And when you mix that with just an intrinsic, beautiful soul in this world, what do you get? Just a light. And Emery has always been and Emery really was the light and the sole purpose for all of what we're doing today. It was like, we don't want to suffer. We don't want our children to suffer. We don't want this child to suffer. And she's not suffering, right? If we keep living our life, she'll be just fine. She'll be fine. She'll go to school. She'll do whatever. But like, if we keep living our lives and talking and living in this world as miserable human beings, but like happy in quotations, she knows that. She knows. She's even more powerful than both me and my husband combined. And so we have to start to carve that path for her so she believes that whatever she wants to do is possible because Emery is going to do big, beautiful, bold, world-changing things. There is not a doubt in my mind. But if we don't set that stage for her, if we don't create a life where that's a possibility for her, and I don't even mean like financially setting the way so she can go do the things, so she can go to big schools and get the right education. I mean showing her what it takes. Showing her that she can live out her dreams, that this is her dream and that she is going to go get it and that that is going to take a lot of hard work and commitment, but anything that she wants is absolutely possible. And you don't get there by just infusing that language and that terminology into a child. You get there by showing them too. Because if I give up on my dreams, but I tell you you're capable of chasing yours, I'm lying. And to Emery, that is an insulting lie. That is like a deafening, backbreaking lie to someone like that. Because she can't even understand why. Why you would lie. Why you would say things, but them not actually be true. That's not fair. Why would someone do that? I don't understand. I don't understand why you would break the rules. And when you're a light like Emery, that type of thing could burn you out for a long time. And I, I know that even if we do all of this right, there's still a chance that she gets lost. But I'm hoping 
that Emery forever keeps her light lit and that she starts to find strength in her own knowing because having a mind that works for the good of humankind automatically unquestioned is something that we need more of and she won't always speak or scream or cry right when she's told that she's supposed to do right because she wants to know that she's right first she needs that confident leg to stand on and she only gets there by understanding what the rule is and how it's been broken by how it was supposed to be how it went wrong and then how to fix it. And as she continues to grow, I hope to be a good guide for her. But I know that her powers well outwit mine. And I think that that's true of what all of our hopes for our children, for anyone that we impact in this life, whether they're our children or not. And I think... You know, I never wanted to have these kids. Or I never imagined that being my life. And now I can't imagine it being any other way. Because Emery had to come into this world as the light that she is. To light my path back to myself. And sometimes it takes something big like that to wake us up. And if she had never come along, if I had went on my own plan, I would never be where I am today. And I would never understand my husband the way that I do. I would never understand what it's like to just be a light. To be someone marked in this world to create happiness for other people. And in very true serving of her inner purpose, she makes me the happiest mom and person in this world. And true to the title of this show, she's absolutely everything I never knew that I wanted. Like, forever. I could have never imagined the life that I'm living now if she hadn't come into the picture. I would have never showed up and started fighting for myself. Because I could see her falling and losing herself the same way that I did if I didn't start standing back up and showing her what it looked like to find worth in yourself and to find worth in your own light. And Emery Rose is a light in this world. 
As always, you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. What are you going to do? Change the world. Hey, you've made it all the way here. And I do want to tell you that this is like where the real listeners go to get the inside track. Because we have started to work with Brain.fm, which is an incredible meditation, creative focus app, which actually helps with all of those things, focus, relaxation, creativity, like I utilize it in so many different ways. And I didn't realize that it was sort of the music app that I was lacking. And I was excited when they reached out to become an affiliate of this show um, and help my listeners utilize this platform for all the things that we talk about on this show because music is one of those things that allows you to tap in and go to a higher level quicker than you could if you were just doing it on your own. So this helped so much in my meditative practice. It helped me from the mind wander that was constantly kind of coming up. It helped when I was in workflow for my mind to not wander into the lyrics of songs. It helped sort of just create this white noise in the background. And then this was the most unexpected help that happened. (laughs) It also helped with like getting my kids to bed and waking them up in the morning. I noticed that the general frequency of what usually would have been an up and down experience sort of leveled. And we all just experience this common calmness in all those instances where in a lot of nights and mornings, we'd have so many ups and downs. It leveled all of that out. So I'm excited. If you use the code, the death of a dream, you get 10% off of your subscription to that. Now, what I do love about it is that if it's not helping you, you can just end that subscription. So to try it for a month, it might cost you about three bucks. Okay. See if you like it, see if it works for you. And if it doesn't, you can always stop. Um, (laughs) But if it does, I think it's a really great way to tap into this self meditation, focus, presence work that we're always staying conscious of. I will have the link in the show notes every day for you to go ahead and check that on out. Hey, thanks for listening. As always, you can find me on all socials at the death of a dream that's on Instagram. We do have a Facebook page that you can follow there and then Hannah Ness on LinkedIn. Go ahead and check out the website if you feel like it. There are additional pieces that are not included in the podcast, um, and you can reach out and contact me anywhere. If you have any questions, message me. Let's connect. I'd love to talk through your story because everyone's story is worth being told and has worth in it.